who is the Good Samaritan? There's only one in the story yeah. that Jesus told, and there's only one in the story <laughs> right. of all humanity. Yeah. Who has been despised? Who is outcast? Who is looked down upon? Who is seen as apostate and in error, calling himself the Messiah? A blasphemer. All these things Samaritans would have been called. So who is this story about? I'm saying it's about Jesus, who loved God and loved his neighbor as himself. Welcome to Faith Refresh, where we take another look at the Bible passages, beliefs, and other church stuff you've probably heard a million times and find something fresh. Hello and welcome to another episode of Faith Refresh. My name is Anson, along with Chaplain Justin. Howdy. Welcome back, Justin. It is springtime. The sun is shining outside. (laughs) It's a good day to be with you. Oh, wow. And recording Faith Refresh. I appreciate that very much. (laughs) If only our studio was outside. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That might be the one way we could improve that. We are excited to be back for episode seven, where we're taking on another Bible story Mm -hmm. this week. We talk about stories, beliefs, practices on the show. We kind of like to rotate through those things. This week, we're taking on another story, and we're going to the New Testament this time, because our last couple stories have been from the Old Testament, specifically to the Gospels and the story of the Good Samaritan, which itself is a story that's told in the story of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So kind of a story within a story. Yeah, that's true. If you will, you may remember back a couple episodes ago, episode five, where we were talking about immoral examples, you actually brought up the story of the good Samaritan Mm -hmm. and you specifically brought up a couple of men, Christopher Hitchens and Douglas Wilson, who had a series of debates. Right. And one of the things that they debated was the story of the good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was actually what Christopher Hitchens, a well-known public intellectual, he was unsure whether or not he was going to sign on to this debate with Douglas Wilson, who was a pastor. Mm -hmm. And it was, after a conversation about the Good Samaritan, that Christopher Hitchens had heard something he'd never heard before, that the Good Samaritan was not primarily about being nice (laughs) to other people. Yeah. So Douglas Wilson, just in a few sentences, goes a little bit deeper. And Christopher Hitchens, you know, atheistic person, had never heard that and was intrigued. Mm -hmm. He's well-read. He's spoken to a lot of different people. And so there's more going on in this story than a lot of times what many people think of when they think of the stories. Yeah. Well, and that's what occurred to us and why we wanted to circle back around to this story Mm -hmm. is you may have felt the same way. If you listened to episode five and you heard that, you might have said, wait, it's not about being nice because... (laughs) Kind of seems like it's about being nice. You're right. Yeah. So we've talked about this before when it comes to specifically stories in scripture. Context mm-hmm. seems like one of the most important places to start, especially when we're talking about a story mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. a story. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of set the scene for us in Luke's gospel where this story is told by Jesus? Mm-hmm. The context that he's telling it in, the audience he's telling it to, Mm -hmm. what's happening around his telling of this story? Yeah, that's a good point. Just to kind of state it a different way, we think of the Good Samaritan as a story that Jesus told. Yeah. And that's true. 
but it's also a story about Jesus telling a story <laughs> in the Gospel of Luke. Okay. Right? <laughs> and so what was Luke doing mm. as an author right. of this Gospel? Why here? Those are good, quote, Bible study questions. Yeah, yeah, because in a lot of the Gospels, especially in the first three, called the Synoptic Gospels, we see a lot of the same stories mm-hmm. presented, mm-hmm. but they're not always presented in the same order. Mm-hmm. They're not always told in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And that probably hints at some author intent there, right? Like I'm not telling all the stories exactly chronologically or Mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to make a point, right? Right. By positioning these stories next to other stories or what have you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could see some of those differences between the different gospels as, oh, that's a problem. Mm. It's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't necessarily have to be. These authors have an, an intent. And that's not necessarily to your point. It's not an insidious thing. We read lots of, for example, like fictional books mm-hmm. where authors are telling a story, but they're also making a point mm-hmm. through that story as well. Yeah, and it's it's not modern history, like whenever we think about mm. how we do history now. Right. It's not um, a Wikipedia page. Exactly. I would even say it's like an artist. What's the intention of the artist here? Mm. They've put together a story in this way to make a point to evoke certain a certain experience hopefully faith yeah. in Jesus, you know. <laughs> uh, but in this section, there's a lot to the context. But I think one of the most important pieces that could easily be overlooked is you just kind of lift Jesus telling the story off of Luke's gospel on uh, its own. But right before Jesus is recorded telling the story in Luke 10, 21 through 22, there is this prayer, even this praise of Jesus He praises God in the power of the Holy Spirit, saying, thank you that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and you've revealed them to the little children. And this is a big part of what parables do. You could see that in in Mark 4, whenever Jesus says, this is what parables are about. Mm -hmm. It hides things and it reveals things. The difference is the hearers, Mm. the heart that's receiving them, the heart that's leaning into it. Tell me more, tell me more. And so... The late Christopher Hitchens can read the story and is not interested in there being more to it. Yeah. Uh, this is a moralistic tale about being nice to other people. I'm over it. I'm out. <laughs> you know? Right. And I'm angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but a disciple, someone who's following Jesus, is, is the one who's leaning in and keeps on saying, tell me more, tell me more, tell yeah. me more. And you can do that with this story. And Jesus is explicitly telling the audience that up front. Yes. Like he's yep. saying, some of you are going to get this in the way that I intend for you to get it. Yep. And some of you are not. Here we go. And ironically, it's not the experts. Mm-hmm. It is not, and that's a big part of the story, not the religious <laughs> experts. Right. It's the little children. Yeah. The ones who are curious, the ones who are wondering, the ones who are receiving, the ones who can be guided. It's just so fascinating to me that you have this story in which those characters are present in the parable Jesus is telling, and they're also present in the hearing of him telling Mm -hmm. the parable. I mean, just these layers that kind of exist within this passage here. Mm -hmm. You have religious leaders trying to understand a story that Jesus is telling about religious leaders. (laughs) And you can see how the confusion could compound very quickly Mm -hmm. if you aren't understanding his angle or his point, Mm -hmm. um, how quickly it could be misinterpreted, right? Yeah. Immediate context is important because Jesus ends that kind of prayer, that praise, that it's really about 
God revealing himself through Jesus. And that's what he's praising God about. And so you get to this Good Samaritan story, how it unfolds, I'm sure we'll get to that. But the question that should be in the back of your mind as you're going through Luke's telling of this story is God's being revealed through Jesus. How is he doing that here? That already subverts the whole be nice thing. Mm -hmm. Is this about Jesus being nice or is there something more to it? How does this reveal Jesus? And maybe eventually we'll get there. But <laughs> Yeah. So we want to kind of adopt that mindset that Luke has yeah. hinted to us yeah. in these preceding verses. Okay. So we step into verse 25, mm -hmm. the first verse under the modern added subheading, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Yes, yeah. And we have one of these experts in the law. Exactly. Right. Who stands up to test Jesus, yeah. Luke tells the us. The quote, wise right? and understanding. Yeah. yeah. So like Luke, <laughs> Luke is saying a lot Already. in just a couple sentences exactly. there. An yeah. expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. He's telling us who he is and his motive, right? Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And uh, Jesus, as he often does in the gospels, answers a question with another question mm -hmm. and kind of a sassy one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, at least in my reading. That's how yeah. I interpret it. <laughs> he says, what is written in the law? And again, he's speaking to, as Luke just described him, an expert in the yeah. law. You right? tell me. So it's, yeah. it's a rhetorical question, is <laughs> <Yeah>. it not? <laughs> what is written in the law? The expert in the law gives the right answer. Exactly. Yeah. Because he's an expert. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's got it. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Which, again, when we read it, love your neighbor as yourself and be nice feel like kind of synonym phrases, mm -hmm. do they not? Yeah. And I, I think that that would be a good place to pause. What could it look like to love your neighbor? Is it always nice? Ah. You know, like how do we define those terms? Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Because I, I think if I was going to answer that question from like a first grade reading level, mm -hmm. yeah, you might say love and being nice. Those are, those are similar things, if yes. not the same mm -hmm. thing. But as you start to, I guess, apply that concept to more complex scenarios, mm -hmm. it's not difficult to see where that comparison could break down. Mm -hmm. There are times where as a parent, I have to discipline my children and they would almost certainly say that that's not, not nice. me being nice, yeah, <laughs> totally. uh, but I would argue that it is me being loving. loving right. Clearly there are areas in our lives where we would draw a distinction between mm -hmm. those two things. Yeah. And I think that that's what we'll see as it unfolds. What Jesus is doing here is loving even this religious expert that wants to test Jesus he is going to love him. And if he sees what Jesus is saying, it's going to hurt. Yeah. It really is going to hurt. Mm. And it's going to be healing if he'll receive it and ultimately receive Jesus. One of the things that um, I really like about this back and forth between Jesus and this expert in the law is that they basically get caught up on like a word, which in this case is neighbor. Um, exactly. Yeah. Define your terms. It's a very expert in the law kind mm -hmm. of argument <laughs> yeah. that's happening here because he, he answers the question, right? Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Do mm -hmm. that. And at that point, it sounds like Jesus is prepared to maybe be done with the conversation. Yes. Right. But the expert in the law is there, Luke says, to test Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And so he's not done. He wants to justify himself, Luke says. Yeah. So he goes even further and he asks Jesus, who is my neighbor? Right. Well, okay. If I didn't, if I didn't quite get you on my initial question. 
let's really drill down into these terms then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, well, who is my neighbor? And that's when all of a sudden Jesus goes into story mode. Exactly. And so uh, two key things in terms of the verses, there are the words. The first question that the religious expert, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? You cannot do and inherit. <laughs> mm. Those are mutually exclusive. Right. You cannot earn an inheritance. Already you have this sense of how do I do it? How do I earn eternal life? Yeah. Jesus, he is going about, okay, and then he goes further in order to justify himself. And justify means to declare righteous. Right. So to declare himself righteous, which is basically the same thing as doing to <laughs> inherit eternal yeah, life, yeah. who is in and out? Who qualifies? Right. I can't love everybody, right? right? And so... Yeah, because, I mean, Jesus's answer to the question, what must I do, is essentially everything. Yeah. Like, well, do it all. Yeah, right. Fulfill the Perfectly. law. Perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's going, okay, if I can't quite do that... Let's define, you know, who all do I actually have to be nice yeah. to? <laughs> yeah. Because surely you don't mean being nice to everybody. Yeah. And again, we have to remember the larger context of what's happening at this moment in history. There's a lot of enemies of the Jewish state yes, <laughs> at this yeah. point. And, and even their understanding of who the Messiah was and what the Messiah is going to be about primarily involved deliverance from enemies. The enemies and and yeah. that's kind of Israel's story up to mm-hmm. this point in history mm-hmm. too, is God delivering them from the hands of their enemies. And so your neighbor, how you define that is actually pretty critical. And I think it's actually subversive to suggest that a neighbor might be everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. Like my context of loving my neighbor would be the people near me, mm-hmm. the people like me, my fellow Israelites in this case, but it doesn't seem intuitive that that would necessarily be applicable to the people outside of that sphere. The implicit thing that Jesus is going to pick up on in this just absolutely masterful, literally God-level story okay, <laughs> is uh, he's going to pick up on, okay, if you want to know who's in, who does that exclude? Mm. That's going to be his focus. Okay, let's talk about who's out. And I'm going to use this story to kind of roundabout way get into it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to read the uh, entire passage yeah, for yeah. you here, but if you're interested in reading it for yourself, definitely would encourage you to do that. We're in um, Luke 10 verses 25 through 37. Mm-hmm. I'll summarize it just really quickly. Yeah, though. Jesus basically says there's a guy traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's attacked. They take all of his stuff. They beat him. They leave him on the side of the road. And then we have the people that pass by, right? Yes, yes. The first is the priest. Mm-hmm. He passes by. So to a Levite passes by. And then a Samaritan finally comes to where the man was, takes pity on him, bandages his wounds, puts the man on his donkey, brings him to an end, pays the innkeeper, says, look after him. I'll pay any expense that you incur. And then Jesus asks, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And again, sassy question from (laughs) Jesus there, I think, right? Like it's relatively obvious what the answer to the question Mm -hmm. is. But I think crucially, though it is obvious what the answer is, it may almost diminish how subversive Mm, the answer is, right? Because the answer is easy to understand, 
but specifically for this expert in the law, it would not have been easy to hear. No way. And I think there's a huge distinction between those things, but it'd be very easy to conflate those and Mm -hmm. say, well, yeah, it's obvious that this one, what's the big deal? Yeah. But there is a big deal happening there. I think maybe we could go kind of layer by layer. So one layer, love your neighbor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That is part of the story. Yeah. Love your neighbor. Absolutely. And as you crucially pointed out a few moments ago, love and nice do not necessarily equal one another. Mm -hmm. The other thing we just mentioned is who's in or who's out. Right. Jesus's question to the religious expert is who in the story was a neighbor. So it's not who to love or not to love. Who's the neighbor who's not? It's be a neighbor. Just be one. That's totally different. It's a different category. So be a neighbor as you're walking about life. This is not about who's in and who's out. Mm. It's about an identity, being a neighbor who loves neighbors. So that's one subversion. Yeah. Being instead of, you know, loving this person and not this person. The other subversion is religious hypocrisy. You have two religious experts, if you will, in the Mm -hmm. story pass by the one who is essentially left for dead on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. But it's the Samaritan. It's the outsider who loves, not the religious experts, Mm -hmm. the one who is on the outside, the one who is looked down upon, one who's despised by the Jewish people, especially the religious experts. Yeah, I was going to ask you just to maybe right there, like pause for just a moment Mm -hmm. and give us a little bit of context about Samaritans, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's something that we may recognize, okay, that's, you know, maybe a different ethnic group or a, but certainly to the people present for Jesus's telling of this parable knew exactly who that was and what that meant. And it evoked strong feelings. Oh yeah. To put it lightly. And you're talking about like generations upon generations in, I believe the seventh century, whenever the Northern kingdom of Israel was exiled by the Assyrians That was not the same as the later exile of Judah, the southern kingdom, Mm -hmm. by the Babylonians. The Babylonians kept their culture intact and just moved them. The Assyrians did not. Mm -hmm. And so the Samaritans, the northern kingdom, the remnants of that Assyrian takeover from centuries before this time of Jesus, their bloodline was not pure. Right. So they were seen as half breeds. So there's an element of prejudice. They only believed in the first five books of the Bible. They did not believe the prophets or they did not say that that was scripture the way that the first five books were. So for a religious expert uh, who is Jewish would would see them as theologically in error, mm-hmm. even apostate. Yeah. Those are just a couple examples of this thing that has been this built-up divide yeah. between there's, the Jewish like people and some biological divide. Yes. There's theological divide. They worship God in a different, different place, location, right? which yes. is really important to the yes. Jewish people. Yep. The temple being the center of worship, exactly. They do that in a different location. So, like, there's a bunch of like really deep rooted. Mm differences that create a lot of hostility. And who is the hero of this story, right? (laughs) Right. So that's what would be so subversive for this religious expert. Mm -hmm. 
the priest and Levite pass by in terms of loving your neighbor, the thing that you just said was the right answer, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they pass by, and we could talk about reasons that they they might have very legal. Uh, law-abiding biblical reasons, potentially, you know? Yeah. But it's the Samaritan that comes by who is, when we say outsider, like despised is a is a strong but accurate word yeah. between these two groups of people. And the Jewish people had more affluence, authority, sway than the Samaritans ever did. They They were the kind of the, quote, lower socioeconomic status of the two groups. And so... There's a lot of issues there, and here Jesus is telling this story, and he he makes the despised one the hero. Well, let's jump back to the priest and the Levite for just a moment. Yeah, that's good. Because I think it would be easy to have kind of a surface-level reading of the story and go like, okay, well, they were just mean, they didn't care. You walk by the side of the road, you see someone... Like, the way I always thought of it was like, okay, if I was walking along the side of the road, or maybe driving in my car in a modern context, and I see like a homeless guy on the side of the road mm-hmm. and he's lying there or maybe he's holding a sign or something. I have to decide whether I want to stop and help or drive on by. There is a certain level of discomfort of like, is this person safe? Is it a trap? Are they sanitary? Are they crazy? Would they do something? Yeah, lots of questions. Right, there, there's all these questions. And so my modern reading of the story contextually is like the easier thing to do, the more convenient thing for me mm-hmm. to do is just leave it alone and pretend like I didn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. And that certainly could be Part of it, yeah. Part of what's happening here. But you alluded to it mm-hmm. that maybe there's more going on there. And it's actually not completely just a like, I want to avoid trouble mm-hmm. kind of motive. There's actually some, I'm using air quotes, you can't see it if you're listening to the podcast, but like righteous <laughs> motive potentially exactly. for passing by as yeah. well. And that's, yeah. I think, an important thing to know. That's part of the trap that Jesus is not explicitly saying, like making a direct statement, but through this story, he is showing how law keeping, that being your motive, uh, gets tricky really quick. Mm. So just like his question is, who's my neighbor? Who do I love? And who? So you can see that in this story. So is this one of the neighbors, you know? Yeah. And But there's other law keeping elements. And so the priest and the Levite would both be connected with the temple. They probably did not know whether or not this person on the side of the road was dead. And if this person was... By touching that person, they would become ritually unclean and unfit for temple service. Another intense layer (laughs) of subversion is, okay, if I do this, I can't go serve God. Mm. So if I love my neighbor over here, I'll be ritually unclean and I won't be able to serve God at the temple. Yeah, And that could be like, in terms of righteous law keeping, which is the right answer? Right. Part of it is, well, you already said the right answer is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So they chose wrong. But then the religious expert, yeah, but they would have been unclean. And serving God at the temple is the most important thing, obviously. <laughs> right. But you just said, you know, you and so it's kind of was, tying yeah, this yeah. knot. And here's the thing. The answer to the question, who is the neighbor, Jesus asks, and the religious expert says, the one who had mercy That's a different word than loving your neighbor. Mm. There's another layer to this story. Mm -hmm. This law keeping, okay, loving your neighbor, serving God at the temple, I don't want to become ritually unclean or those different things. The reality is that kind of law keeping, loveless religious observance is unmerciful. Mm. 
And it is. We've probably all experienced it to some degree. Yeah. Some of the most merciless experiences we can have is at the hands of the most religious mm. and yet heartless, loveless, or at least have a lot of work to <laughs> yeah. do in that. And here's what Jesus is surfacing in this story. Wow. Yeah, that's good. The question that comes back to my mind as we get to the end of the story kind of goes back to that original question that the expert in the law asks of what must I do, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I think if there's one thing that I can identify with with him, mm -hmm. it's my desire to ask that question. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm very tempted to ask that question of God. Like, what, what can I do? What mm -hmm. do you want from me? What do you need from me? to be pleased with me, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And the answer to the question is, love God, love your neighbor. And then Jesus follows up with the story, a subversive story, but of a man who seemingly fulfills exactly. this command to be a neighbor. And I go, okay, so that's, that's it. That's what I need to do. Exactly. Then that's what you're calling me yeah. to do mm -hmm. is to be like that guy, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the interpretation that I think most of us walk away from this story with mm -hmm. is, okay, I get it. Yeah. It was subversive, all that, you know, ha, Jesus pulled a fast one on the, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the expert in the law there. Cause he's really smart and stuff, yeah. but I need to be like the Samaritan and be nice to people or be a neighbor or have mercy or, you know, frame Whatever. it however you yes, want to frame yeah. it. Yeah. That's what I need to do. Mm -hmm. Ultimately you've already said as much. That's not what the story is about. Mm -hmm. Why not? It is and it isn't. Love your neighbor, we said yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have these layers. Who's in, who's out? No, be a neighbor. Have mercy. Don't just keep the, the religious observances. The other part is the prejudice, the bias against, mm -hmm. the despising of this person mm -hmm. who is by their nature unclean already. Right. So I guess they could love this neighbor because they were already <laughs> unclean. Yeah. You know? There's just so many different things. But if we look at that command... Love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. I'll just speak for myself. I don't. Okay? Like I, Same boat. I fall short. Yeah. And we've kind of joked about the tone of the story and the subversiveness, but I think it was very heartfelt, even tearful. Maybe it was angry tears mm. in some ways, but looking at this religious expert and wondering if they would admit, I, I don't. Right. I don't think I can. You're asking me to be a Samaritan. And I can't do that. Yeah. Cause Jesus ends the story, by the way, with go and do likewise. Yeah. Like he says, go, go do it, go do it. And if we're honest with ourselves and surely if this expert in the law was honest with himself, that would have to be the answer to that mm -hmm. command, right? Is I can't, mm -hmm. but crucially, at least in the passage, he never, he never says that. Yes. But that's what we're all, that's what we're, that's what I'm thinking. Exactly. And so here's where we get to the son revealing the father. The way that Jesus, you know, the context, mm -hmm. his praise, his prayer earlier in just a few verses before this story in uh, Luke's gospel. Mm -hmm. How does this reveal God through Jesus, mm. this story? Mm -hmm. What is going on here? Part of that is I can't. I fall short of this loving your neighbor. And I see the Good Samaritan, and he's the hero, and I'm not. And he's the, quote, bad guy of this culture. So we have the literal grammatical aspect of the quote, good Bible study, mm -hmm. the cultural aspect of it. How does Jesus fit into this? Well, he's the one telling the story. Ah, no, 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 no. You know, <laughs> if I can't, who can, mm. who is the good Samaritan? Mm. There's only one. There's only one in the story. Yeah. That Jesus told. Yeah. And there's only one in the story <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of all humanity. Yeah. Who has been despised? 
who is outcast? Who is looked down upon? Who is seen as apostate and in error, calling mm. himself the Messiah, mm. a blasphemer? All these things Samaritans would have been called. So who is this story about? I'm saying it's about Jesus, who loved God and loved his neighbor as himself, and didn't just go to picking up someone that's hurting on the side of the road, maybe even dead, seeing them healed and restored, putting them up in a hotel, but he lays down his life to love his neighbors, to love us. And we are the Levites passing by. Mm. We are the priests passing by. We are the religious experts asking Jesus a question. Well, what do you say about this? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Or we can be like the little children he talked about earlier, the ones who will receive, the ones who will lean into, who will be guided. And if we will do that, we see buried treasures in this just one story mm. of the Good Samaritan that's so familiar to so many of us. And yet there's so many rich truths and realities to embrace and to pull into our lives. One of the first and foremost realities is that Christ must always be Savior before he can ever be example. Mm. And that's what this story hits. Go ahead, try to follow this example. Right. And if you're mindful and self-aware, you will fall short. If you do, then the question becomes, who can deliver me? Right. Well, Jesus, he's the good neighbor. Mm -hmm. He's the one that did it. Now, as I receive from him his love and his mercy, then maybe I could take a few more steps in following his example. Maybe not as good as the Good Samaritan <laughs> in the story, but maybe I might approximate that mm -hmm. kind of love more today than I did yesterday. Thanks for listening to Faith Refresh. You can find more Real FM pods and tons of other cool stuff on the Real FM app and at real.fm. Faith Refresh is hosted by Justin Rusinowski and I'm Anson Beyer. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on your platform of choice. It will help others to discover the podcast and listen for themselves. Faith Refresh is a part of the Real FM podcast network, a ministry of John Brown University.